Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gents, to episode 13 for round 13 of Grey Wolf Footy. And I'm joined by the president of the uh, Basketball Association himself, Mr. Fitzgerald. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. It's uh, plenty happening down at the Basketball Association just quietly. Hopefully we get back into, into the basketball soon. But how are you, Mr. Senior Vice President? I'm going all right. Can't complain. I'm just, uh, I'm just here to follow the leader. So hopefully he leads us in the right direction. <laughs> Mind you, the uh, the senior VP also took the meeting off the other night for his birthday. How was that, my friend? Ah, uh, yeah, it was good. I was disappointed I didn't get a certain four member didn't give me happy birthday and it wasn't recorded. So <laughs> that's right. We'll uh, we'll have words off, uh, off <laughs> that uh, that board, board member. <laughs> you should have brought. You should have actually jumped on the meeting, and we would have done it for you, mate. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's interesting times at the moment, and we have had a few days without football, Gracie. How have you sort of filled in the time with no footy on? Uh, well, it was a bit shocked because we did. We went to go report, call the podcast the other night, thing, and there was a game the next night, and obviously we're just we're being too used to it that we uh, thought it was going to keep going. But I uh, know oh, it's kind of weird without a footy on a you know weeknight checking the Supercoach mm-hmm. score and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So. Um, it's Given us a bit of a bit of time to maybe sort out some trades, be a bit less stressed about it and stuff like that. Obviously, the introduction of the three extra trades, fifty um, yeah, yeah. as well. So that sort of helped a little bit. And um, there's some big news which we'll get to um, a few games into the round. Of a couple of players have been suspended, which could impact um, quite a few super coaches as well. Fifty. So yeah, of course. Uh, we might, might as well get stuck into it. Yeah, and I'll, just before we do get in, into that, I, I guess it's a good point that you say they've brought the extra three trades in. And a big shout-out, I don't know if Tim Mitchell listens to our podcast, but to him and the Supercoach team, like, they've really done an amazing effort to keep this season interesting. Would you say, Gracie, like the extra trades that they've added in, like, they're going to make a huge difference to finishing our teams off. And we've been saying it for weeks. The, the, the key this year, really, is just getting your team completed. It's going to be a funny sort of year. But these extra trades, I think, personally, for me, have really made it more interesting, would you say? And... Uh, even these three that they've added just to finish the year off as we move into these last buy rounds, at least we're going to get some sort of competitive team together. And I, I think they've done a massive job at Herald Sun to actually you know, keep evolving with the times and, and keep us interested. Yeah, they. Uh, I did read a tweet the other day that you know in a normal 22-round uh, season or 23-round, we'd have 30 trades. And this year in 18 rounds, we're going to have 37 and people yep. are still winning. So... They'll yeah. never keep uh, they'll never keep people happy, unfortunately. So, but uh, I think they've done a pretty good job, and uh, I won't uh, I won't lie and say so the extra three trades are probably going to help me with a few issues coming up this week. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be good. Obviously, round fifteen, the, the the dreaded monster buy of six teams, fifty is going to be a yeah. non non uh, league or finals week. So that's kind of like a buy for us. So there'll be a final and then a week off, and then the rest of the finals after that, which is. Which is good because you kind of count um, those teams that do have the buy. Those players technically yep. going for overall technically don't have a buy at all because they're not um, really missing a, a pivotal game for you in your league or or finals if, if you're yep. still in finals. So uh, definitely, yep. um, I'd be looking at you know trying to get a few of those guys in because they're going to be playing you know every other league week, which is uh, which is good. So I'd be keeping an eye out on. A couple, and we'll, we'll mention a couple as we go along, Fitzy, but uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting yeah. time coming up. Yeah, good point there, Gracie, and of course, with the changes and the buyers coming up, the uh, league finals are kicking off round 14, so next week, 
Uh, but before we get to that, obviously, we've got a huge round 13 coming up, and it's really starting to get very interesting, particularly on the ladder, Gracie. You'd almost argue the top four is about set, but there's plenty of positions up for grabs still. And kicking things off on Friday night, we've got Gold Coast Suns taking on Carlton, and this could be a very interesting game. Both teams have shown something during the season. Both probably at very similar stages in terms of team development. Uh, how are you, how you seeing this one play out? Yeah, obviously Carlton won with the uh, the kick after the siren fifty, which uh, yeah, there's a lot of around with it's uh, a bit of a few question marks around the free kick and the delivered out of bounds and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, I guess you can't go back and change the result now. So, and then obviously Gold Coast um, still putting up a pretty good fight, fifty, even though with some injuries and that. Um, you know, they only went down to Richmond by twenty odd points, and I think they were leading by at uh, leading at some stage. Um, yeah. Near the end of the third quarter, so they were right up there and, and the challenge. You know, the the, the reigning premiers um, was was a good effort. So uh, obviously, some sad news today. Fifty with Rory Thompson going down with another another yeah. ACL, unfortunately. So it's, uh, he's had a lot of horror run of injuries up there at the Gold Coast. So just uh, awful. And I think I think he's one of the only remaining original Suns members, isn't he, Gracie? Yeah, I think behind um, Sam, Sam Day is one of the other ones. I think it's Swallow. Yeah, Swallow. Uh, yeah, so yeah. tough times. And i tell you what, I reckon the Suns will be looking back on the last month or so of football. And that game against Richmond on the weekend was a massive chance for them to take some confidence out. That's a huge a huge one that they really could have slash should have won. But I'll tell you what is very good just quietly is uh, Gold Coast and, and Carlton playing on a Friday night match. We wouldn't have thought we'd see that. For a little while, but um, I reckon I might back in the Suns, Gracie, at TIO Stadium, so I'll have a crowd in at the Northern Territory. I reckon I'll back yeah. the Suns in, at this, in this game. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'll go some different bits. I'll go the Blues. I think, you know, they're, 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 I was talking to a Blues supporter the other night. I think um, next year is going to be a, a massive improvement for them. Just, I think this year we've seen that, you know, that they they can you know, get off to a good start and stick with teams for a, a half or three quarters, but it's just they, yep. they don't have the, the stamina to, to play a full four quarters of footy, which has cost them a few games, like the Hawthorne game. Um, they you know they were up by about 30-odd points and they got run over in the end. So um, I think um, I'll go the Blues in this one, but uh, yep. exciting times or years coming up for both of those sides, I think. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And we'll move on to the Saturday games. We've got a full suite, four Saturday games which is nice rather than having just a couple. And we'll kick things off with two teams that are having, well, they had two massive wins last week, being the Bulldogs and Melbourne. This is going to be a really good game to watch. And two teams, like I said, coming off big wins, playing a very similar brand of football, moving the ball on quickly, playing on it every opportunity. I'm, I'm still a bit iffy on Melbourne, Gracie. If you look at who they've actually beaten, I don't really think they've, they've played or they've beaten a premiership favourite yet. They've played a lot of lower teams, and that's who they're getting their big wins against. Do you think that they're, they're starting to find some form at the right time or are the Bulldogs just building just nicely coming to sort of finals action? Um, I think if you're a supporter of either of these teams, you've probably had a very frustrating year because mm. they've got the, uh, the list to do it. Melbourne, you know, gone and recruited big. Um, obviously, they've got Max Gorn there. Um, he's a your standout ruckman. And uh, obviously, the doggies you know, Bond last week was fantastic. But... Oh, no, I'm, I'm starting to warm a bit more to Melbourne. I think um, you know, they had a big win over Collingwood without Max Gorn. Um, yep. So I know Collingwood's ravaged with injuries, but Collingwood have always been relatively good managing injuries, um, you know, the depth and stuff. But I think, you know, and we'll talk about more of them later, we'll talk about them more later. But um, And then the Doggies, you know, they're, 
they're just they're probably one of the most frustrating teams. Like <laughs> obviously we saw last week they absolutely smashed it, but then they'll have a game where that we expect them to win and they lose. So I don't know. It's a, it's a tough. One. I might tip the draw. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we can tip the draw, and, and you, you spot on there. Both teams, or fr- fans of both teams, rather would be quite frustrated. And just looking through Melbourne's draw very quickly. This is what I'm talking about. Lost to West Coast in round one. They beat Carlton by a point. Lost to Geelong. Lost to Richmond. Beat the Suns. Beat the Hawks. Lost to Brisbane. Lost to Port. And then the last few weeks they've beaten Adelaide, North Melbourne, and a very underdone Collingwood team. So they haven't really made a big statement against the big team. And I think this is the game for them. And I reckon you'll find that whoever whoever wins this game might be one of those teams that can sneak into the top eight to take on the finals. Because it's getting very tight there. And I expect the Giants to make it. And I reckon one of these teams will, will sneak in. And you know Collingwood and Richmond will, will come good at the right time. So I might pick the Dogs, though. I do think that they're, uh, they're another team in that situation, hitting the straps at the right time of the year. It's going to be a tough one to pick. You go the draw. I'm going to go the Bulldogs. And I think it's going to be a good game of footy. Nonetheless, but we'll move on to the the second game, the uh, the one at four thirty in the afternoon. Port Adelaide taking on Hawthorne, and Hawthorne's just sort of fallen in a big heap, Gracie. But there's some big news coming out of Port Adelaide, which I'll let you explain to the listeners. Yeah, so um, Peter Laddams and Dan Houston decided to have a little uh, little get together at uh, at Peter Laddams' house after um, last week's game, and uh, yeah, they've been both been suspended. So Houston's going to miss two weeks. Um, so, good thing for finals is he only misses uh, one week of finals, which is round yeah. 14 next week. Next um, week. And he'll be back for, for the next lot of finals. So, but Laddams will miss uh, two games in the finals. So, uh, if you're someone like myself who brought him in last week for Max Gorn, I'm probably going to have to, um, you know, with these three extra trades, it does give him the flexibility to trade him out um, yep. as much as, um, you know, it's a bit of a waste. He did make a bit of money, so um, all's not lost there. He, you know, he, he sort of brought him a bit closer to getting someone else, but it's just a hard one. I mean, the good thing is I'll know if Max Gorn's playing. You know, I don't know if I'll yeah. have the cut to get Gorn back in, but I may even also just look at playing Draper and just wait till Gorn, you know, loses 100K or something like that. But, yeah, big, big news. Fitzy, Laddams and, and Houston, so... Um, Disappointing that you know you've still got these players breaking the rules and yeah, all that yep. stuff. So uh, you just wonder what goes through their mind when they decide to you know invite someone over that's not um, that they shouldn't be hanging around with. You know because it it just causes that um, uncertainty that if one player gets a, you know gets coronavirus, then it's going to shut yep. the rest of the season down. And you know there's a lot of money riding on this from sponsors and um, TV rights and all this sort of stuff. So you know, one silly decision or um, mistake like that can cost a lot of money. So yeah, it's disappointing, as you said. Like, I mean, the players decided to to keep this season going. You know, ultimately, so they're going to be breaking the rules like this. And you know, how many more of these do they need before they just you know give up basically? And like you said, you only need one player to catch it, and, and it's season over anyway. But uh, I guess on a super coach front, I mean, I'm just having a quick look at the rucks here, and you've got Oscar McInerney's around the same price. Well, Leo Bryan's pretty cheap. He's only a 15k trade over from Peter Adams. So at least you've got some yeah. options. And of course, Sam Draper, if he keeps playing as the number one ruck, you can get away with him at R2 for a few weeks if we're only playing best 18. But you know what? I actually wouldn't be surprised if Hawthorne could cause an upset here. I'm making a big call yeah. the week that Hawthorne could steal this game from a team that, you know, a few questions are being asked. The leaders will be questioned. I reckon the Hawks could come in and, and steal this one. Yeah, I, 
I um I'm leaning it towards the Hawks. Five dollars fifty at sports, but I'd be uh wouldn't be uh you know too worried <laughs> if you chuck ten bucks on that and come away with fifty. So um yep. but like, like even last week, if we go back to last week's game, Port Adelaide like you know, played um played my boys Geelong and I honestly didn't expect to win by ten goals, that's for sure. But um like we 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 I don't know what's going on at Geelong with their recovery and stuff. They're obviously doing something right because to play four games in um, in the 16, 17 days that they had um, and, and win them and, and win two of them quite big against quality opposition is uh, mm. we just caught look really slow and and they just they didn't like the port that have been you know winning games and all that and you know obviously Hawkins just absolutely bullied um, Jonas and Clurie and you know Jonas is probably up there as the All Australian fullback almost for this year so. Um, and then Charlie Dixon was nowhere to be seen. So mm. um, I, I don't know. It'd be an interesting one, Fitzy. It's quite easy Hawthorne could win, but Port also need to come out and, and sort of state that they're still, you know, the team to beat this year after a pretty poor performance last week. So I think I'll stick stick with Port, but I, I wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be against putting ten bucks on Hawthorne. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. And it will be very interesting to see how Port Adelaide responds to what was an incredibly disappointing performance. Geelong were on fire, but Port were just awful. So I'll stick with the Hawks for an upset. But we'll move on to the first of the Saturday night games. This could be an interesting one. Essendon and Richmond in a good old-fashioned <laughs> a good old fashioned rivalry match here. I'll just grab the ladder up in front of me, Gracie, because I wanted to see Essendon in the last four weeks lost three and drawn one and you'd be if you're an Essendon supporter you'd be incredibly frustrated with the effort they've put up in a few of those games Richmond seem to be just hitting their straps at the right time I know they're one of those teams that we've spoken about quite a bit I think Basher Hawley will be back for this game they're getting Cochins back in already do you think the uh, the Tigers will just be too strong for the Bombers who like I said would be very disappointed with their last month of football yeah I'm, I'm actually going to tip the Bombers but see I was talking to our mate um, Shawnee Baby who's a Richmond supporter and I actually see that this is a type of game that Richmond could lose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not expecting Essendon to come out and win at all. No one probably is, but it's the kind of game that Essendon just gets up and wins. Like Collingwood earlier in the year, I know they're, they're missing a few extra players, but this is the type of game that Essendon could definitely um, get up and win. Um, you yep. know, for them to still be in 11th, like they've had, you know, they're, they're still missing Stringer and Heppel, and um, you know, I mean, we haven't seen Danaher at all this year, so they're, they're missing some relatively key players um, out of that side um, and you know they're, they're still quite quite young through that midfield with McGrath yep. and Parrish who are still you know um, developing into those those quality players but yeah I, I, I'm going to go Essendon on this one I think Fitzy I think yeah, okay. um, I think Richmond to me against Gold Coast they look just sloppy and um, yeah just, just different to what they'd been the previous few weeks and you know they lost support the week before as well so um, you know I know, I'm just Richmond's uh, Richmond's trains just you know could, could be on the verge of derailing some line, which I'd, yeah, love okay. to see. I'd, I'd love to see them finish ninth this year. I think everyone would. <laughs> um, yeah, that's no, it. I'm, I'm going to go Essendon. Yeah, okay. No, I, I agree with the logic there. Richmond's only lost one out of their last four, mind you. That was against Port Adelaide, as you mentioned. But I just feel as though it's going to be more of a case of Essendon just not being strong enough. I think the Tigers, you're right. They're, they're not making a massive statement. But I think they're still a stronger side than Essendon. But one thing to be sure with this game is that Essendon's going to be throwing the kitchen sink at Richmond because if they don't win this, you can pretty much say goodbye to finals for mine. It's very hard to come back from that sort of 
11th, 12th place, depending on how Carlton go and the Doggies, as we already mentioned. So yeah. this could be a very interesting game, like I said before, a real grudge match. But uh, the second game is going to be an interesting one as well. Two teams that are sort of trying to get something out of this season, Fremantle Dockers taking on Sydney. We've got the uh, 14th and 15th sides competing against each other, Gracie. Both teams have been throwing a few rookies in the mix. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to go Frio. Sydney were very impressive against the Giants uh, last week. So having that that week off, um, you know, obviously helped freshen up a few of the few of the kids, especially and um, some of the some of the probably the more senior guys. Um, obviously got to rest up a little bit more. But yeah, I'm going to go Frio. If you see, they've been um, fairly good this year. You know, obviously Fice missed a few games with a hammy, and you know Jesse Hogan's been out and things like that. Um, you know, their, their back line's been absolutely decimated as well. So mm-hmm. um, that's a, it's, it hurts. Obviously, you know, you lose key defenders. It's, um, they're hard to replace. So um, the exciting news is Liam Henry's going to debut 50 for Frio. Um, yep. Super yep. coach Ralston at this stage of the year, probably not. Uh, he's 171k forward mid. So I'd probably be uh, against uh, bringing him in unless you're going to be, unless you need him to play. Um, it's just a bit too much money to, you know, like you're not going to get the, the decent cash generation from downgrade. Yeah. You know, a Marlian Pickett or someone or a Rankin, um, you need to be maximising as much cash by bringing in cheaper rookies. So, but yeah, I'll go Frio. What about yourself? Yeah, look, I think I'll probably have to agree with you there, Gracie. They were very unlucky, of course, last week, losing to the kick after the siren. They won their two games before that. And they're just sort of making do, aren't they? Like, you've got Luke Ryan having a massive season, playing full back as a usual guy who would be their fourth tallest defender. So they're having a great season. Sydney's finally blooding some young kids, but I just feel as though, you know, Fremantle at home, they're in a little bit of form at the moment. They should be able to uh, take care of the Swans. But here's a very quick question, and we'll talk about the Giants shortly, but do you feel last week's win of Sydney over the Giants says more about the Swans or about GWS? Uh, more about GWS, and we'll obviously get to them uh, very, very soon. So I, I think, um, yeah, Sydney, Sydney exposed uh, GWS like they have been before, and um, yep. Yep. It's, it's obviously a worrying sign, which we'll, we'll go into a bit deeper yeah. when, we, when we get to the Giants for sure. Of course we will, and we'll move on to the Sunday game thing, Gracie, and we'll let you break this one down. Geelong taking on the lowly Adelaide Crows, who don't look anywhere near winning a game for mine. No, they they don't. Um, there is reports. I think Rory Sloan might come back and play. I don't think he didn't play last week, did he? I didn't. I think he did. I think it was his first game back last week. Yeah, yeah. So uh, was just Sloan back in. I think um, Brad Crouch is still a couple of weeks away. Um, but yeah, obviously Geelong last two weeks um, have been flying, and um, you know it's it's been good to watch. But uh, whatever they're doing recovery wise, I'd be uh, yeah all, all other. 17 teams should be jumping on and finding out what they're doing because it's obviously working. Um, but yeah, this is a game that they just got to be careful. They can't take too lightly. But you would you yep. would think that we would win. Um, and you know, if you're wanting to, like we've got a healthy percentage already. Um, you know, if you wanted to give um, some of the older guys a, a week off, this would be the game to do it. I know Luke Dalhouse is fit again, so he'll be back into the side. Um, reports that Gaz is going to be flying up hopefully in the next week. Um, if, if he hasn't already, I think that he's, yep. he's deciding whether or not to go up there. Um, so, which is exciting. We'll hopefully get to see him play a couple more games before he uh, retires. But yeah, yep. I think um, Geelong should win, um, and hopefully we win comfortably. But you, probably the 
the aim of this game is you don't want you know you don't want an injury to a to a you know quality player or any player for that matter. So you sort of you don't want to take it too lightly, but you don't want to go out there and you know get a couple of bad injuries and all of a sudden you you know you're in a bit of trouble. So. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, I've got to agree with you there, Grace. I mean, for Geelong, this is non-negotiable. This is a must-win game. You can't be losing teams to sides that have lost, what is it, 12 games now. So they're trying to fight for the top top spot. So, I mean, they may rest a couple of players, but you think with the, the list management they've got going on there, they may not need to, which I actually thought was very surprising. They didn't rest more players, particularly being an older team. And, yeah, Gaz is another one. I believe, uh, he, I think he was flying up, actually, and, I guess condolences from the Greywolf family out to Gaz and Jordan for the passing of uh, Jordan's mum, Trudy, last week, which is which is awful news around the Ablett family. So hopefully he can get a few good games under his belt. I would honestly, I would love to see him win another flag before he hangs them up at the end of this season. As much as I don't go for Geelong, I'd love to see Gaz win another one uh, just to you know, cap off that decorated career. So definitely Geelong for me. And uh, Grayson, we're to the second game, 3.30 in the afternoon. The uh, Brisbane Lions taking on St Kilda. And I know we talk a lot of rubbish about St Kilda and their purple patch team, but uh, Brisbane have really started to look good the last few weeks. Do the Saints have any kind of chance in this game at the Gabba? Um, I think they do. Um, you know, Brisbane were a bit... Uh, they only beat North by a point um, last week. And um, the, the thing they're missing, uh, not North, Brisbane is uh, Seth Martin. And he's still four weeks away, 50, so... Mm. Um, you know, he's not going to make it back probably for a game before finals. If lucky, he might play the last game before finals. And um, it's, it's a hard one because, like, McInerney has been good, but um, they're, they're two totally different ruckmen. McInerney's probably more the tap tap ruckman that, you know, pushes for, forward, whereas Seth Martin, you know, your big-bodied ruckman that, you know, he's pretty much turns into a midfielder. He's like Brody Grundy in a, in yeah, a sense. Yeah, yep. So, it's a it's a hard one. Um, I think the Saints Saints definitely got a chance of winning, but you would um, you would definitely be tipping Brisbane um, at the moment for sure. Yeah, I think you have to be. And here's a question for you, Grace, and this might not be one you can answer. What is St Kilda's strength? Like, what is their strength this year? Because like they've been they've been uh, how do you put it? Like they've been unstoppable in some games. They've been absolutely woeful in other games, such as you know against Geelong losing by a good ten goals. Last week, they were pretty solid against Essendon, but you've got to look at the other teams in the top four and, and even some in the top eight there. And I find it very hard to actually pick St Kilda's number one strength as a team. That makes them obviously very hard to predict. Uh, well, just from watching, you know, obviously the Geelong game and even some other games, it's it's their ball movement, I think. Um, when they get shut down and, and yep. like Geelong has been good at shutting teams down, like obviously we shut Port down as well because they're another team that likes to move the ball quickly. Um but it's, it's, it's when they come up against a, a team that plays, um, you know, team defence, um, a perfect example is when Geelong do it, is yep. if the ball's on one side, the wingmen and the foot, and the half forwards from the other side of the ground will then push down and become extra defenders. So um, yep. it's sort of, they all sort of wrap around um, the back and, and become those extra defenders and help out. So when you've got that happening, you can't get that ball over the back and, you know, we see quite often most of Dan Butler's goals this year have been, you know, quick, fast breaks, um, running into goals sort of thing. So, um, you know, and, you know, and he's always been crumbing um, at the feet um, of, you know, memory and all those sort of guys. Yep. So, yep. Uh, I think once their ball movement gets stopped, that's when they get in trouble. They get in a lot of trouble. And, and we've seen that when they do get um, beaten quite comfortably. But, you know, they showed it against Richmond. They beat Richmond 
Um, but yeah, that's that's probably their strength, and then it's probably also their weakness. If they can't execute it well enough, then um, then that's when they get caught out. So, but yeah. Um, Yes, big, absolute, big. absolute A-grade analysis there, Gracie. I think that's probably what you're saying, that the Brisbane Lions are a team that probably plays very similarly, but do have plan B and plan C in case that's been shut down. Like That's why they always pick an extra tall forward to push up the wing. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Brisbane, and they just seem to be um, skill-wise, probably they execute a little bit better than, than what St. Kilda do at the moment. Um, and, you know, that's obviously due to, you know, um, Chris Fagan's been there for a couple of years now and, and been able to develop and, and, you know, get his own system in place, whereas obviously Ratton's only relatively new still. So, you know, they're still, uh, he's still implementing his uh, style of yep. play and, and that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's once they, uh, you know, in the next few years, they're going to be, they're going to be like a, you know, similar to Gold Coast and, and Carlton. They'll be, they'll be, um, they'll only improve with each year that they sort of go forward. So, yeah, absolutely. And again, absolutely amazing analysis there, Gracie. And we'll kick on with the, the last game there on Sunday night. And this has almost become a do-or-die game for the GWS Giants. They're taking on the red-hot West Coast Eagles at Optus. Like I said, they probably wouldn't have been planning to drop that game last week against Sydney, which would have seen them sneak up into seventh spot on the ladder. They're right now sitting in ninth. And this is almost a must-win for the GWS if they really want to take on some finals action. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, at the moment, Fitzy, when Toby Green doesn't play, GWS are just absolutely woeful. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, he seems to be their their X factor. That um, you know he wins the footy, he kicks goals. Um, he's obviously going to be back for this game. He's had he had the extra week off. He could have played last week, but they were a bit um, just took precautionary with him. So, um, but for mine, Fitzy, the the big problem for GWS is they're not defending as a team. Um, you know, the midfielders aren't pushing back to help. Forwards yep. aren't pushing up the ground enough. Um, it just seems to be they're playing. There's a lot of individuals playing at the moment, um, which we've seen before from GWS. And then, you know, off, quite often they'll get sort of um, hit a bit in the papers and in the media. And then they, they come out with seven or eight in a row. And, you know, and then they're all talking about the, the Giants trains rolling again. So um, yeah, we yeah. haven't seen that yet this year. And I know it's been a different type of football year, but... Um, for me, the Giants have got a lot of problems that, you know, I don't know if they'll get sorted before the end of the year. And I wouldn't be surprised if they miss finals, Fitzy, which is, you know, might be the wake-up call they need. And, you know, I saw today as well that they've got salary cap issues. You know, they've got massive issues of trying to keep um, some big names um, in their salary cap, which, you know, obviously there's going to be some teams out there that are going to be trying to poach those players. So, yeah, yeah. The Giants, and you know they're coming up against West Coast, who are who are absolutely flying. So, um, you know, I would I would would highly expect West Coast to win this one quite comfortably. To be honest, if you're going off on current form, so yeah, yeah, and I probably actually agree with you. And West Coast, another one of those teams that's trying to get into into top spot amongst uh, Port Adelaide, Geelong, and the like. But here's a question for you, and I've read a lot online in, in recent months about Leon Cameron and uh, what he's. I think he's actually. You know, somewhere in the middle of a deal currently, but does the, the finger get pointed to him quite? Uh, what's the word? Aggressively, if the Giants completely miss out on the finals this season, surely that creates a bit of pressure amongst the GWS front office. Yeah, I think I read he's got maybe one year left on his deal or something. I think. Um, yeah, I think so. Extending him, obviously making the grand final last year, 
Um, I think they were in talks earlier this year, and then that sort of got put on hold. So, um, but yeah, I'd be uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. It seems to have just sort of flattened out, you know, when they they got some um, some younger kids in, some some draft picks like you know, Taranto come through and and Hopper and those guys sort of come in and and that they've become elite midfielders now and. Um, it just seems to me that they've just stagnated and, and mm. they've gone backwards from last year, definitely. So, do you, do you feel it's a, it's a question of depth, Gracie? Do you think it's the, you know, because we know that Leon will bring a kid in, plays two games and we don't see him again at all? Because you'd, you'd probably argue that the Giants team is probably one that's more settled. Like, it's, you know, we see the same faces week in and week out. Do you think depth plays into it at all? I think so. And the, the hard thing is for them is, you know the the quality of the reserves competition where they are is is a lot less than a, you know a VFL and um, and a Stanford. So that's why you see you know when a when a, a Port Adelaide brings in a, a young kid, he's got you know some good Stanford experience against some hard bodies, or you know a, a, a Victorian club brings someone in, you know they've they've got that mature body or they've got that bit more experience. But I think the the depth's a big one because. I mean, you know, like this week, Toby Green's going to be back. Well, they're most likely probably going to drop Hutchison, I would say, yep. Um, yep. Will, will be will be left out, which is unfortunate. But, you know, you're going to pick Toby Green over him any day of the week, especially if you're fighting for a for a final spot, that's for sure. So, um, but yeah, some real worrying concerns for the Giants for mine. And I think if they didn't make finals, I wouldn't be surprised if Cameron um, was either told he's on his, you know, is his last sort of, you know, warning that if it doesn't get better next year, or they'll they'll sack him and just because they're, they're going to run out of time, Fitzy. To yeah, to of course. Play. So um, yep. yeah, they need to they need to do something. And um, unfortunately, they're coming up against a good team this week that it's probably not going to happen. So no, I agree with you there. And, and obviously, kicking a three goals as a team last week versus a Sydney team that had only won three games prior is uh, is incredibly disappointing. And they probably need a, a Chris Fagan-style rev-up during the week. But, yeah, that's going to be a very interesting game. But we'll move on to the final game here, Gracie. Monday night, it's the grudge match in my house. Collingwood taking on North Melbourne. Tell you what, I don't think I've ever been so frustrated with the North Melbourne game. We should have beaten Brisbane last week, goodness sake. But, tell you what, Collingwood's just hanging in there. Uh, they've obviously been absolutely ravaged by injury. Oh, man, I'm hoping North Melbourne wins this one. Otherwise, I'm going to be sleeping outside. <laughs> I, um, I I think North will fit the, For me, Collingwood, uh, and, and it's quite funny, like, you know, we, we know a few Collingwood supporters and, you know, they always say, oh, you know, we've got pretty good depth. We cover it pretty well. And then all of a sudden, they're losing games and they're saying, oh, you know, when the best five of your best ten are out, you know, hey, you don't expect to win and stuff mm. like that. And, um, you know, you, you see that, you know, how to go and, um, you know, obviously Pendles has been out. Um, you know, they're, they're big outs, but, you know, as I said earlier, they've always been able to, to cover those sort yep. of guys, yep. um, you know, with, with someone in, in the in the reserves. So, but, yeah, I just, I don't know what's going on with Collingwood. I think there's a lot of off-field issues that we may not know about that's happening. That's just the yep. feeling I'm getting. Um, you know, they're a big club. Um, you know, Eddie McGuire's probably stepped his foot in a bit too much this year and probably needs to decide if he's going to do media or if he's going to be a, a president. So, um, yep. you know, I, I just think there's too many distractions at Collingwood and injuries play a part. They do for any any clubs. And, you know, obviously, if say for West Coast, if Nick Nat went down, well, that's, that's massive. Like that, you know, that's the, one of the top ruckmen gone out of your side. And 
Um, you know, it, it, you know, so if Hawkins went down for Geelong, well, that's going to hurt, mm. you know. Yep. Um, North, if Goldie went down, well, North would be, you know, they'd probably get beaten in most ruck taps, I'd say. But, like, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's tough. Injuries, uh, you can't prevent them, but, you know, you can always prevent making sure you got guys ready to come in and, and fill that void. So. Yeah, it's an interesting point, and, and I definitely think... The Eddie Maguire factor does play into a great And there's a saying that my dad likes to mention in a business sense that the uh, the fish stinks from the head down. So if your leader's not on the right page, then neither are your employees, or in this case, your players. So I definitely feel like there is something something going on there. And, you know, Collingwood's been that team in the past that they've brought in all these no-name players. Like John Noble last year, they drafted in the mid-year draft, came in and had an immediate impact. You know, that doesn't yeah. happen at any other club, but... It's going to be very interesting to see what happens because obviously Reid and Mychek both injured, possibly long-term, I would think. Uh, I know Trey Rusco didn't play a lot of the games. He had a corky, so the forward line's going to be all over the shop. Lyndon Dunn, I mean, man, if that guy's playing AFL, it gives me a chance to play AFL. So it is <laughs> really will, testing their depth out. Yeah, I will say, like, you know, and and it, it was brought up, and you obviously the rumours about Jaden Stevenson as well. Um, you know, the guys, you may have been out of form, but with the injuries that Collingwood have, why are they not picking him? Like, he's a yep. top, what was he, a top 10 pick, wasn't he, I think? He's and an early pick, yep. Yeah, he can't even get a game in a side that's missing half their forward line. Like, you know, my check was down, uh, to go, he's out. Like, you know, he, he kicked 30-odd goals or something in his first year. Like, he's yep. out of form playing. You've got so many injuries. I just think there's just a lot of excuses, it seems to be, and... Um, and and too many off-field issues for Collingwood, and um, I hope North beat them this week, Fitzy, and I hope they beat them well because it's gonna <laughs> it's just gonna bring the heat even more to Collingwood, which everyone loves to see. Yeah, um, I couldn't agree more there, and it really does open up that sort of bottom part of the top eight if Collingwood lose a game too, with uh, the Giants. Dogs and Melbourne all sort of close on their heels there. But as a North Melbourne support, I'll quickly just touch on it. It's really good to see on the weekend just gone. Anderson had a huge game. DeMont's been in fantastic form. Davies Uniac shown something. And Jai Simkin, another one. We've got four guys in their early 20s that are just showing what the future is going to be. And I've said it on this podcast many times. Play Sam Durden. Play Ben Mackay. These guys are finally getting games. And look at up on the weekend. You've got 22 guys out there having a crack. You know, you've got Todd Goldstein still leading the way, that older head, Sean Higgins as well. But, you know, it just goes to show when you let the kids play, you know, good things can happen. So, fingers crossed we can win that game and I'll, I'll make Ash sleep outside if we do. But it's going to be a big week of footy, Gracie. And, of course, we'll quickly touch on some super coach before we depart. And it's a very interesting week. Obviously, we've got these extra trades added in. We've only got two of you this week. Sounds like you've got a couple of Port Adelaide-related issues to deal with. Yeah, I was um, I was all going to um, go pick it to foot from Sydney and then um, uh, rank, uh, not foot Hutchinson, sorry, and then uh, ranking to Tom Tom Hawkins. But look, I may still do it if, if Houston's only going to miss um, this week and next week. Um, he's only missing one finals game for me, which you know yep. I'm happy happy to play. I'll check out where I'm in, in certain leagues. You know, the big one, 50, I want to win the Grey Wolf League. So, <laughs> Of course. And then, um, you know, you got to win the inaugural Grey Wolf uh, first season. So we'll uh, we'll definitely uh, have a look where I'm sitting and whether I still go ahead with the, the Tom Hawkins trade or not or whether I look at maybe just upgrading Houston to a, you know, a Jake Lloyd or someone like that. Um, and just, you know, there's, there's sort of a luxury upgrade, I suppose, that one, um, if I yep. need it. But, 
I think Laddams, because Laddams will only miss the one final game, finals game as well. I think I'm happy to play Sam Draper because he seems to have taken that number one spot at Essendon over Bell Chambers. So, um, you know, if he's pumping out a 70 or an 80, I think I'll take that for a couple of weeks um, yep. and just, just ride it and, and keep Laddams and still sort of try and stick to my uh, my structures of, uh, of, of trying to get a full, full team in and you know, like Rankin's break even still around the 50 mark, so he can quite easily get that. So, um, still got plenty of rookies that are that have got a bit of money to make it 50. But what about yourself? Yeah, I've um, I've, I only just had a look at this today actually because I've sort of been trying to do some upgrades in the forward line for about three weeks and keep having to make different plans. So I might have another look once we know who's playing uh, tomorrow night because I'm, I'm I was thinking of moving Rankin on, but I might end up keeping him and. One thing I didn't even realise is Zach Foot's actually a mid-forward. I thought he was just a midfielder, so I'd completely written him off. So I'm actually half-tempted to trade Rankin down to him, even though he's probably got another week or two, uh, bring Darcy Cameron into the forward lines and then upgrade him next week. But, uh, of course, the big news, and we didn't even mention this earlier, James Sicily out with the ACL, so we won't be seeing him for a little while. So he needs to go. And uh, Zach Williams, at this stage, is my sort of player of choice nice and cheap coming off a good couple of weeks of form but as we keep saying on the Supercoach front do whatever's going to be best to get the most out of your team each week and Gracie if that means playing Sam Draper you're better off playing him than a rookie in the forward line for example because you know he's going to be the number one ruckman at Essendon so it's uh, it's all about money it's all about scoring as many points obviously as you can and just making smart moves to complete your team so whatever lines up for that Remember, we've got one game of finals next week, round 14, and then we've got a, a league bye, essentially. So I think do whatever you can to get your best team on the field in round 16, just about. But, yeah, it sounds like there's a few options either way. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, you just got to be, be smart about it. And, and like you said, you, you want to have a... Well, that, that round 16 of that second week of finals, you want to um, you want to be... Making sure you've got a fairly strong team and, um, and, and yeah, because if you're in the top four, if you lose the first week, you've got a second chance. So, um, yeah, it'll be a matter of trying to, in the next few weeks, just bring, uh, get as much cash generation and, and up, get those final upgrades done. So. Absolutely. And uh, I'll tell you what we'll do next week or next episode, Gracie. Make a note of this. We'll do a bit of a wrap up of the Grey Wolf League. It's been sitting there. We've got a few guys we'll give some shout outs to. We'll wrap that up next week. But, Thanks very much for joining me or me joining you, Gracie. It's been another good episode and you can catch all of our work, previous work on greywolfentertainment.net. And uh, yeah, go North Melbourne this weekend, Gracie, so I can sleep inside. Yeah, well, hopefully. I mean, I don't know how you're going to go if, uh, if, if Ash has to sleep outside. I'm, <laughs> I mean, I've got a spare room here if you get kicked out of your house. So, um, I might have to do that. <laughs> no, thank you, Gracie. And uh, we'll catch you all next week. See ya. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network, greywolfentertainment.net.